Expounded Universe, Season 7, Episode 7, The Dozen and Two Avengers, Endgame. The book, Vector Prime by R.A. Salvatore. The year, 1999, Chapters 13 and 14. With your hosts, Jeff and John. Let's go! So you're saying that Luke Skywalker is extorting the New Republic. Also, the fact that they named it with her last name and the name, that's tacky. Oh. I shitted and farted and came. Welcome back to Expounded Universe, the Star Wars Expanded Universe novel discussion podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jeff, and there's another one of your hosts right over there, John. Oh no, lurking in the shadows, it's John! <laughs> Off the top rope. Oh, my God, that's John's music. <laughs> what would that be? Uh, superstitious? Was that if, if you had to pick a... Uh, I mean, if, if you, I was picking it, if someone else was picking it, it would probably be like Baby Elephant Walk. <laughs> <laughs> it would be that fat guy tuba thing from Family Guy. <laughs> glandular condition. <laughs> yeah, but if you were picking it, it would be superstitious, oh, right? Yeah, because yeah, you could walk in and do finger guns. I mean, that would be my thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. And then I, I'd have my <laughs> finishing move, the book about ghosts. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what the song I would do have for my entrance music be if someone else picked it. It'd be something about how I'm not supposed to be there. It'd be like, there's got to be a song out there that's like, hey, you shouldn't be here, idiot. And it'd be that. Uh, oh, come a little bit closer, I think, would be my that'd be the song I'd be playing. Because by the end, I should be running so far away. <laughs> So uh, anyway, John, how are you? I am so good and so ready to talk about these chapters with the plot. Thickens. It thickens. It's like a rich, meaty stew now. Someone poured some cornstarch in the plot because it gums up real good right around here. (laughs) Yeah, we, uh, I mean, we get right into the business there at the first chapter with uh, Kip Duron. Yeah, yeah. Kip Duron. Oh, Oh, sort of. We're all up in Kip's head, which is... A gross place to be. And you know what? The book more or less is aware of that. God, I love that when we start with Kip Duran, he's just thinking about like, oh man, I want to be famous and a cool badass, and I hope those solo kids join me so I'll be more famous. Yeah, yeah. The title of the first chapter is Minus 13, uh, which makes sense by the end of the chapter. It is kind of brutal. Yeah. So it turns out that Kip Duran, like we've mentioned previously, is currently the head of the dozen plus two Avengers uh, the Dozen and Two, uh, which is 14 various fighter ships that fly around stopping smugglers. And his goal for this this unit is to become super famous. In fact, he's almost a little worried that he'll never quite get as famous as Rogue Squadron. Yeah, he's like, ooh, my, you know, I look out at my squad and we're all very good and we can all anticipate each other's moves and, you know, we're pretty badass. Yeah. But, oh, we'll... I don't know that we'll ever get the same kind of recognition and have the people, like, cowering if we show up like Rogue Squadron does. No, and you shouldn't. Wedge Antilles flew into a Death Star. (laughs) And out. And then he flew back out. I don't care how many smugglers you blow up on their shitty old uh, Skipray blast boats and shit. You are never going to even get within range of sniffing Wedge Antilles' cock. (laughs) (laughs) Ugh. But I hate Kip Duran so much. I hate, hate, hate Kip, Kip Duran. Duran. <laughs> uh, so yeah, he's Smee, he's, bring me my lightsaber, Smee. <laughs> <laughs> he's 
he's very kind of sniffing his own farts in his canopy here as they're uh, as they're flying along looking for sh- shit to do. They're just out there flying around looking for trouble. And to- I, I also love that when he's thinking about like, oh, you know, it would be great if like even one of the solo kids were to join me because that would give me way more like notoriety and name recognition. But then he has that bit where he's talking about if Jaina joined, he's like, I don't know. She's way better than me at being a pilot. Maybe I'd have to contend with her for leadership. Yeah, he's basically concocting an elaborate fantasy scenario in his head. Like you do whenever you go for a long walk and you see a nice house and you're like, (laughs) go for a long walk. Yeah. Oh, well, not you. (laughs) Whenever anyone else in the world goes for a nice long walk and they see like a millionaire style mansion, they're like, ooh, if I had a million billion dollars, what would I do with it? And he's just sitting in his cockpit doing that. Well, when all three of the solo kids join the dozen plus two, I'll have to change the name to the dozen plus five yeah five jedi and 12 and he literally uses the term five dead jedi and five nor or 12 normals <laughs> yeah i think it might say regulars but which is almost worse and 12 of these regular guys <laughs> five real jedi and 12 nopes <laughs> and 12 also rands <laughs> future corpses we call them Ugh. Uh, well, when I get all of them on my team, then I'll be famous. But what if I can't get all of them on my team? I'm going to have to think about the name change. And yeah, what if Jane is still a better pilot than me? I could try that stupid, uh, fun time amusement parks, TIE fighter ride for forever and never get close to that score. Yeah, of course you wouldn't. She beat the Christ out of you. She more than doubled his score. Uh, but then again, that game is super random. Like, when we really talk about the, the asteroid field, they aren't controlling the asteroids in any way. No. The run's never the same run twice. Well, yeah. Someone could just get super lucky. You just park the ship and just get missed the whole time. You've got to move forward. Oh, that's right. You actually have to go forward. Uh, whatever. It, it's, it's still, it's a randomized run. Oh, yeah. And the idea that he's just like, I can't beat her time, and I'll never even try. <laughs> uh, I'll just have to fight her for leadership within my own squad. That's the ticket. And then he starts thinking about, like, you know, I've only got one other Jedi in here, Miko Reglia, mm-hmm. but Miko doesn't want to fight me for leadership. Miko doesn't even want to be in the squadron. Miko's Mi- goal is just to finish his tutelage under this, this pompous jerk-off and then quit and go do Jedi stuff somewhere else. Oh, yeah. He's like, look, I was at the Academy. I got assigned Kip Duran, which means I drew the short straw. Yeah. I don't understand why Kip's uh, squadron isn't ten times more famous than Rogue Squadron already anyway. This is like if Hitler survived World War II and then got given a fighter squadron to do whatever he wanted with. (laughs) And he's like, oh, maybe I could get a solo kid to join my team. That'd bring us some notoriety. Or the fact that I'm the biggest genocider in Star Wars. (laughs) I one of those. You know. And I got off scot-free because Luke's my uncle. Sort of ish. He's like my uncle dad, kind of, but not oh, really. My uncle dad. He's my uncle dad, and but not in blood. <laughs> I'm my own grandpa. Yeah, that's. <laughs> You'd think that that would be some notoriety for this squadron. No, it's the 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 leader of the squadron's the guy that blew up a star. Yeah, man. It's <sighs> been two years. That's what happened. He got he got me tooed for a little while, and then two years went by, and he was like, "Hey, me still famous, maybe." And everyone was like, aw, don't be mean to him. He's trying to come back. <laughs> he's sorry. Yeah. He's never going to say he's sorry, but me, a pundit on Twitter, will say he said he's sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
I talked privately with Kip Duran, mm-hmm. and he expressed in tears how sorry he was. He was always very nice to me. <laughs> I'm willing to discount the uh, the actual accounts of trillions of dead people because he was nice to me once in a green room. I've never seen him blow up a star. Kip Duran sucks. <laughs> So he is out here to find his buoy that he left that is just sort of a smuggler finder. Yeah, his whole thing is basically just that he's out here chasing smugglers because there's literally nothing else to do if you're trying to be a badass law enforcer Jedi. Which is weird because you'd think, aren't there more like shitty wannabe emperor things out there like yeah, but it those seems are, like every those are, year there's somebody who's like, we're the new empire. I guarantee you he is forbidden from going after them because the last time. <laughs> They're like, oh, no. We're you gonna- have a restraining order on new empire dudes. No going near empire folks for you, buddy. They're, th- we have to try and stop them, not completely vaporize their entire star system. <laughs> oh, come on. I won't do that again. It's real hard for me to get the sun crusher every time I want to. I got to ask Lando for it. I mean, I don't understand why Lando even lets him land on Dubrillion, uh, which is by the that's the name of the plant, the asteroid yes. field. This dude is nothing but a hunter of smugglers now. And Dubrillion is nothing but a hub for smugglers and a, an amusement park ride. And yet the dozen plus two calls it their home base. What are well, we doing? Yeah, it's <laughs> how are they not walking out to their ships and they're covered in teepee and shit? Like, I don't. I don't understand. And he, he mentions, like, oh, we can't go after anyone that shows up near Lando's because Lando would basically just call Luke or Han and be like, get this asshole out of here. Yeah, no, he. But right now, there's some sort of uneasy truce happening where even though all he does all day long, every day, is hunt smugglers in Lando's vicinity, he uses Lando's house for his home base. Yeah, it's real dumb. It, it, none of this adds up. But uh, he goes out to his little smuggle buoy. And uh, his, his astromech droid. droid is like, all right, let me let me just fast forward through the boring bits of what happened in this sector. And, mm-hmm. you know, he sees some stuff that shows up. But anytime it's like, oh, and then it heads towards like Dubrillion or whatever. He's like, well, fuck, I can't go after that guy. Yeah, because he went to Dubrillion. He's off my list. And then finally they get a note that's like, hey, uh, a weird space caster ship left for from a, the planet Belkadan headed towards the planet Helska, and then it sent out a distress call and vanished. And I was like, oh, can we get any sort of, like, read on what their message was? It was like, oh, the only thing we can tell is they said the word storm. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, all right, well... X-Men I- are obviously attacking the planet. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> Aurora Monroe has descended upon Belkadan. <laughs> 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 Uh, oh, he's like, he's like, wait, you can only get the word storm. That's a bullshit magic mechanic. Mm. That one's There's a reason they never use it anymore. It's almost as bad as Cascade. <laughs> Whatever happened on Belkadan is best just sealed off. <laughs> it stays on Belkadan. <laughs> now, what's going on on Sir Napalap or whatever? Oh, that one's only got a problem with Cypher. Let's go there. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's like, all right, well, I can't go to Belkadan and help with the storm. All I have is fighter pilots. Uh, so I'll put out a help call for the general kind of republic. Yeah, because he's like, I don't know if it's a storm and... Like, these are the only survivors, or if something else was going on, he's like, whatever, I'll go send out a general distress of, 
hey, Belkadan could use some help. There's probably a storm there. In the meantime, let's head over to the Helska system to see if we can find that old space caster shuttle. Yeah, because we lost its signal, so it might have crashed. We got to go check for survivors. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, when anything, ha- every time this this squadron is described as flying, they're like constantly doing Blue Angels shit. Oh, yeah, they're just like, oh, and then this guy flipped over to the left side, and then the guy on the right side flipped over, and he, he went to the bottom, and you're like, who cares? What are we doing? Why are the, you doing this when no one is around? They even justify it. They say, like, oh, it's to reduce their radar signature. Oh, yeah, if, if someone show up sees weird, our signature, yeah. it'll be all weird. It shows up weird on sensors, because these guys are all doing flipsies. <laughs> this guy does a barrel roll, and all of a sudden, nobody knows what the fuck's going on. Is there an actual barrel out there? I think that might be... Uh, we're picking up barrels on the sensor. What is this, Niagara Falls? <laughs> so, uh... Anyway, they fly towards the Helska system, and I believe we jump from their perspective to Danny at that point for a brief period. We jump to Luke. Oh, we go to Luke? Okay, sure. Because Luke is speeding out into the asteroid belt to save Han and Chewie, who had just recently blown off part of their ship because they thought they had shields. I think my favorite part right here is he's flying around. He he just gets in a TIE fighter and goes. Yeah. And he's like, hey, do I have shields? You know what? It doesn't matter. He I, he just doesn't give a shit. No, he doesn't even ask. He's yeah. just like, all right, let's go. Let's go. And they aren't sure whether or not he even has shields. And he's like, well, you know, Han and Chewie are super good pilots. I'm sure they're going to be just fine when I finally find them. And then like a wing chunk off a TIE bomber goes by. Oh, yeah. And he's like, ooh. Oh. Ooh. Oh, that's no good. <laughs> Leia starts calling in. Hey, have you found him yet? Ooh, I gotta, I gotta turn that radio <laughs> I'm off. Just gonna flip that. Oh, oh, okay, there we go. Hey, I don't uh, want to think about that one. A lot of static. Ooh, can't hear you. Oh, I'll call you back in just a second. I'm making a Postmates order because of how well everything's going. <laughs> yeah, I do like that. When he goes out there, Lando's just like, uh. You might have shields. I mean, the real question is, what the fuck's he doing in a TIE fighter? If he's just going on a rescue mission, go get your X-Wing. You brought it with you. Yeah, but that's probably stored somewhere, and these, just these the TIE hangar. fighters are ready to go. I guess that, yeah, he's, it's like a couple second difference, because this TIE fighter's just sitting in the hangar. Yeah. All he'd have to do is move the seat back, because Jaina was in it. <laughs> Has to adjust the rear view. Oh, yeah. She had the ra- radio settings are all messed up. <laughs> Taylor Swift all blaring out of it. <laughs> what is this? Kiss FM? Oh, God. Uh, God. God damn it. <laughs> How many Halsey songs do you listen to in a day? <laughs> uh, yeah. But no, he gets out in a TIE fighter. He flies around. And sure enough, after some regular old flying, he finds Han and Chewie just fine doing exactly what John predicted they'd do at the end of the last episode. Yeah, I'm like, they're just going to fucking sit on some asteroid. They're going to find a big asteroid park. Yep, and indeed they did. Uh Uh-huh. And so he flies up to the ship to see if they're still alive, and they're clearly visible through the view screen of the ship. Yelling at each other. Yelling at each other and kind of slapping each other and so on. They're just their own little private uh, Two Stooges routine. And I do like that even at that point, Luke is like, honestly, that's fucking amazingly impressive that they managed to without a wing, put one of these TIE fighters down safely on an asteroid. Like, just that by itself is impressive. Oh, yeah, it is super impressive. They did an amazing job. And honestly, they're very, very good pilots, and they just got screwed by the fact the shield wasn't available because they were relying on the shield for bouncing. Yeah, they were like, oh, we're going to use the shield. If they, if they had known they had no shield, then they probably would have not tried to bounce, and they would have lasted a lot longer or just quit. Yeah. 
So anyway, Luke can't do shit about this. He just oh, no. found them. He's just like, he's all right, well, fighter. I can radio back at least. I mean, he's specifically in a TIE Advance, but so he's sitting there in a, in a Invader's TIE Advance. Honestly, I found it kind of weird that they got Luke into one of these and then they don't mention that. Yeah, that this was Vader's ship, and it's like, ooh, you're sitting in your daddy's ship. Yeah. It, I mean, not the actual ship, yeah, but, you I know. mean, we've never seen another TIE Advance, <laughs> at least not in the movies. They never put another one in there. In the games and so on, There's they're just another kind of TIE fighter. Yeah. I mean, really, in the storyline, usually the TIE Advance just leads to the introdu- introduction of the uh, Interceptor, and then kind of gets faded out. It was a prototype. Yeah. Anyway, here's a bunch of them with couches. Yeah. Uh, and he's, he's like, hey, uh... Can you fix this? And they're like, yeah, we have secondary protocols in place for this kind of thing. We'll send a tugboat out that has the shields on it, and then we'll tug them out of there. Yeah, because now that we've actually got our communication thing on the shield projector working, then when we drag the guys out, we can also put the shield on their TIE fighters so they don't just die. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Notably, I love the fact that, that... Luke tries to get Han and Chewie up on the radio, and the two of them are just doing visual comedy in response. They're just like, uh, broken, they're holding a, oh, a yeah, broken they can thing hear up. Them, f- and yeah. they're just holding up a mic with a broken wire, like, eh. Yeah, and then Chewbacca roars, and Han goes, oh no, my ears, like, like very visibly. Like, they're just straight up doing pantomime in there. Oh, yeah, they're just putting on a show for Luke. They're bringing vaudeville to Star Wars. <laughs> vaudeville. <laughs> yes, and. <laughs> Uh, and they get dragged out safely, but they are very mad when they land. Oh, yeah. Which, I mean, <laughs> you kind of got to be. Yeah. Now, do we go right to their landing, or are we moving around again? Uh, I think they managed to come back. Okay. So when they... Oh, yeah, because they have to ask if they beat Moss and Twingo. Yeah. So they come stomping in, and Chewie's doing his usual too angry for the room thing, where he's got his arms out for choking Lando and stalking towards him. And everyone else is like, no, 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 don't kill him, don't kill him, it was an accident. And I'm like, come on, Chewbacca's not going to kill Lando. If everyone got out of his way, he would get there and be like, oh, no one called my bluff, all right, well, shit. Yeah, <laughs> instead, they're, they're, this is a very racist moment, is what I'm trying to say here. Everyone's like, oh no, the wild savage Wookiee will definitely pop your head free, like a grape. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Oh shoot, the Wookiee doesn't like black people, he was raised to not like Lando's. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's my father. It's that's not right. me. Sorry, sorry. That's my father talking. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a progressive Wookiee. But no, of course he's not going to fucking murder Lando. He's a civilian. He's, he's a civilian, but he's like a decorated general Wookiee with like a long history of taking very good care of his friends. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's Chewbacca. It's Chewbacca. You Every gotta, time they you do this, respect Chewbacca. Anytime they're like, oh, he's definitely going to kill him this time. You're like, no, he's not. <laughs> he's going to get over there and cuddle him. Yeah, <laughs> give me a cup. Just go sit in the Falcon and play Wookiee Clicker. <laughs> Fucking, when he asks if he beat Moss and Twingo, Lando's just like, well, we lost your signal at 441. Which is, coincidentally, exactly Moss and Twingo's time. <laughs> then, then he's just like, and we'll add five seconds because of uh, the time it took to hop onto the asteroid. Please, please don't be mad at me. Or shut my operation down. Uh, also, please, no one who is in the room with us right now report that we gave them a five-second boost because they would take all of the fact that this is actually a, a competition out of the competition. If we were like, oh, you know what? We'll just cheat because you're Han Solo, one of the generals of the New Republic. Everyone, This this is totally an honorable, honorable game I'm running here. Who cares if it's an honorable game? It's fucking Lando. I guess that's true. He even tries to talk Luke into just staying out there. He's like, hey, like, hey, you've already been out there for a while. <laughs> Luke's like, no, I don't fucking care about any of this. This no. is this is irrelevant to me. Fuck off, I'm out. Yeah, so he just leaves. 
Uh, everyone hails him as the big hero, but he tries to pass it off to Han and Chewie because, like, they flew around in the gasteroid field without shields for a while. And Han tries to pass it off to Chewie, and he's like, I got knocked unconscious, like, right away, and Chewie flew the ship in. Yeah, and when he tries to say anything, Chewie's just like, nope, it was both of us. We're both amazing pilots, and we both landed on that asteroid. It was definitely teamwork, Harn. <laughs> Harn Solo. <laughs> uh, anyway. Which just goes to show how good of a guy Chewie is. Chewie is the best guy. Yeah. He's like, I'll share the credit with Han. I don't give a shit. And I think that's pretty much what... I don't remember. Do we also now jump into Lando trying to talk them into a mission? No, now we go to... Back to the dozen and two. Oh, the dozen and two. By the way, it's not just the dozen and two, which is honestly a pretty good name for a weird fighter squadron. It's the dozen and two Avengers. Yes, the dozen and two Avengers. Too long. It's too much stuff. Too much of a name. You got you got too many bits and bobbles. Pick one. Yep, dozen and two was good. That was weird and interesting, and you had to take. Uh, or if take you're it. just the Avengers, that's a good name. But change it to Avenger and throw Squadron on the end of it, so you're staying inside a Star Wars convention. Come on, let's let's make this work, shall yeah. we? Kip, you piece of dumps, <laughs> you you dump. God, I hate him. So they're yeah they're they're flying into the Helska system. Yeah, they they show up and they're like, all right, we're scanning all the planets here. We got a whole bunch of nothing. There's a gas giant, so obviously they didn't land there. Like, oh, let's check out that big ball of ice. That seems like a place you could probably put down at. Mm -hmm. And as they get near it, sure enough, here come a bunch of asteroids flying in formation. Oh, yeah. They're like, oh, I'm getting some weird readings from that planet. There's, there's a lot of energy and a lot of asteroids. Yeah. So Kip gets one look at them, immediately figures out that they have geometric patterns hidden inside of the uh, asteroid shapies. Yeah. He's like, oh, they're all shaped kind of differently but they all have very distinct patterns to them those are fighter craft everyone break and start getting ready to fight yeah yeah they're coming at us in formation asteroids don't do that yeah so they get into a, a big old fight and it turns out that it's really hard to kill these things because they're just made of rocks oh yeah you shoot one and you're just like okay i, I blasted a chunk of rock off of that thing it doesn't care. That said, their initial weapons can't penetrate the shields. The Republic shields are perfectly st are way stronger than anything these things are shooting. Oh and yeah, they they have those little like lava balls. Yeah, but that doesn't really matter to the shields. They're just like okay, whatever. Yeah, these this are combat shields and not just whatever the space caster had for micrometeoroid strikes. Yeah. So, Kip is like, oh well, fuck these guys. Then we have better shields. Let's just very methodically go through dismantling these motherfuckers because they can't hurt us. Yeah, and so they do so. And sure enough, these guys are way better pilots than the Yuzhan Vong, and they have better shields, and they're basically immune to their fire for the most part until all of a sudden some B-Wing reports that his shields are gone. Yeah. And he hadn't even been being shot at. Yeah, he's just like, oh, shit, my shields. And then right after that, he gets torn to chunks by the lava balls. Yeah, he just gets, like, diced into three equal parts. Yeah. Uh, it turns out, I mean, spoiler alert, that the Yuzhan Vong are using their Dovin Basils again, those things. Man, their Dovin Basils... Too useful. Too much stuff. Too much stuff. Like, I know they use gravity well pulls. I didn't think shielding had anything to do with gravity wells. Apparently, whatever the fuck a Dovin Basil is, it can also just grab your shields and pull them off like so much 80s tube top. Yeah, it. the fact that when he talks to Miko, he's like, it was weird. It was like... I lost my shields, and it felt like I was being pulled like a gravity well. And you go, that shouldn't affect you. God damn it. Have the Dovin Basils do a thing. Like, the fact that you can go, oh, there's a neat trick we can 
do where we actually pull a moon into a planet because that's we're sort of twisting the method of how we use them and you're like all right that's an interesting clever way to use the one thing mm-hmm. or like when he was like oh i'm gonna put my villa up on this decapitated dude to make it look like i'm just there yeah that was a neat trick that was a cool power stunt they're kind of walking a tightrope with the yuzhan vong where they want to show off the cool technology and you don't want to have one monstery thing that's too powerful but you also don't want them to come across like say 60s adam west batman where he's like well, oh, i've got bat shark repellent why are you carrying that I carry everything. I carry hundreds and hundreds of things. Each one of them goopier than the last. Yeah. But that's going to be kind of the issue when you start looking at Yuzhan Vong stuff. Is you're like, okay, either you're going to have a million and one weird little goop monsters Mm -hmm. to do the million and one different things you need stuff to do while you're in space and to have an actual armada or you'll have a dozen and two things and they do a lot of stuff oh yeah or you have something like a dovin basil which is like oh it's our propulsion system and it's also a weapon and it can strip shields and it just does whatever the fuck we want yeah the using them to strip shields was weird but it works and so right away the 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 tide of the battle shifts uh people start losing shields and then immediately getting torn to shreds by the lava balls uh by the end Kip and one A-Wing are the only ones that are left. And yeah. he's like, we need to get the fuck out. Miko is, has been torn down, by the way. Miko was the other person with a name. Uh, he His ship has been forced down to the surface of the planet. Yeah. So the A-Wing and Kip are trying to escape, because it turns out that the ships are faster than these Coral Skipper things. Oh, yeah. Like, they can outrun them, but <laughs> they then they just drop the fucking weirdest dumbest bio weapon okay so it's not even the coral skippers that do this as they're escaping another big rock ship shows up like a medium weight cruiser and it opens up the front of it and a bunch of evil bugs fly out the front of it and apparently the bugs can keep up with them for some reason so they're faster than them even i don't know if they were launched out of the ship or if it's just these bugs are ridiculously fast in space I mean, apparently, they're just super fast space bugs mm-hmm. that also eat metal. I would have kind of liked an, a, a description of their propulsion system here. Are they farting through space? How are they, how are they moving? Yeah, because from the descriptions, it basically just sounds like... Big grasshoppers? I was going to say pretty much like big uh, leaf cutter ants. Yeah, that could be too. Because they talk about their big snappy mandibles. Yeah, they have huge snappy mandibles, and uh, there's no description of how they're moving around in space. But they've got, I think, four legs is they what have, they describe? They have six. They have six, uh, uh, four in the back and two in the front. Um, and the A-wing is covered with them. Right as they go to hyperspace, these, these bugs all land. And Kip can already tell, oh, when I come out of hyperspace, and by the way, he's not even planning to jump. He's just random jumping. No, he's in. just like, just hit hyperspace. It doesn't matter. Yeah. We're going to die if we don't. So even if we die doing hyperspace, whatever. Yeah. So they jump. He can tell right away through the force that the other pilot just didn't make it. Just oh, yeah. He's like, oh, that bugs. guy blew up because the bugs were already in his system when he tried to hit hyperspace. Yeah. Now, I don't remember if we follow him to the other end of his hyperspace jump here or if finally we go and check on Danny. Uh, Yeah. At the end of this, we basically get. He jumps, and at the end, we can see that one of the bugs is just chewing through his canopy, and then we jump. Yeah, okay. And then we jump to Han. Han, yeah. Incredulous about going to Cernpadal. Right. Han is pissed off because right as he comes out of Lando's uh, death ride, 
Lando's like, hey, buddy, you want to fly some perfectly legitimate cargo to Cernpedal for me? Uh, for no cost, just as an old friend. It's a multi-day journey I'm asking you to do just because you showed up at random. There's no point where Han or or Luke or anyone has been like, by the way, we came out here for a reason. Yeah, there's, there's an, an actual reason we're here, and we still haven't done it because everyone's been distracted by your bumper cars. Yeah. So maybe do that first we're more than halfway through the book now it's weird that that i'm i've honestly forgotten what the hell they're doing here so they originally thought and this is for you and the listeners Mm -hmm. who may have forgotten that some of the people on the counselor on the council might be in the pocket of some smugglers or ah that's right like uh like oh we're supporting smugglers out here for money yeah some guy named like Gar Body Bags or whatever was like, "Hey, I'm definitely against voting for the Jedi Council uh, be- because I'm worried that they'll take out the smuggling co- uh, collection or uh, contacts I have, and Dubrillion is the right place to go to kind of investigate that whole situation." Yeah. So they're like, "Okay, well, if we think that any of these like senators or whatever are compromised, yeah, we have to go find out here what their actual contacts well, are. They've been on Lando's space station for four chapters now, and there hasn't been mentioned one of any of that. Oh no, this is the first time we'll actually get it mentioned right now. Yeah, because because Han's like, I don't want to go to Cern Pedal. What the fuck are you talking about? Lando's He's like, like, Oh come on, you'll be back so quickly. Who gives a shit? I am a general of the New Republic, mm-hmm. not fucking Uber Eats. Yeah, I don't understand why he's like, what was your plan to get all that shit to Cernpedal if we hadn't randomly showed up, Lando? Yeah, because he's like, oh, but I'll be running at a loss if I take it out there. Well, then you shouldn't have fucking sold it in the first place. And he's like, I, I have to sell it. I have to sell this stuff to Cernpedal because it's a super above the board sale. And, and I have to stay above the board. I have to stay above board, and I have to stay a certain percentage above board, or I draw a lot of attention, and this is my usual friendly run. Uh, well, f- get one of your smugglers to do it. I'm sure they'd love above board work. Yeah, then they can be like, look, I went to Cernpedal, and I was very legitimate. Then I'm they a legitimate, something up there. I'm a legitimate business fellow. Uh, it's ridiculous. So and Han is right to be pointing out. He's like, "This is stupid. Why? What? You want me to fly cargo? And I guarantee that cargo's dirty." And Lando's like, "No, it's not." Wink, wink. Look, this is just regular ore that wink isn't at all illegal. Wink, wink. And there should be no problems. Blinking with all of <laughs> the might he can. Yeah. Anyway, it's just you and Chewie that need to go out there, drop off the stuff, and then just turn around and come back. Oh, by the way, I just got a message. It seems like there's some sort of trouble on belkadan if you want to head out there while you're out at cernpedal and he's like oh fuck you buddy yeah that's that's too much at that point leia's like no he's not going to cernpedal uh luke and mara have already agreed to go to cernpedal because they were looking for some alone time together yeah they want some alone time so why don't we send them to some planet on a rescue mission i mean to be fair for the emperor's hand and uh and luke that's pretty much the right thing to do uh the two of them never just sit around uh and and they're gonna go alone because they want some alone time and they're not even gonna take the x-wing they're just gonna go in the jade saber yeah and of course leia's like hey you know while you're going why don't you bring anakin along and let him fly some more yeah because uh we're trying to smooth over the the coruscant flying incident he's like uh oh for christ's sake i have to fine so i have to take my worst kid (laughs) And my stupid Wookiee. 
<laughs> on someone else's mission that I'm not getting paid for. Yeah. <laughs> Great. The things I do. Yeah. And of course, at that point, they're like, look, we came here to get some information about your smuggling shit. And I love that Lando doesn't try to go, smuggling me? He's like, oh, yeah, sure, finish this, and I don't give a fuck. I'll yeah. tell you whatever. Yeah. It's not gonna. It's not going to hurt his prospects. I mean, he's already run like eight other facilities that were just like this one. <laughs> yeah. He'll be fine. He's not... He's not exactly worried that for some reason Han's going to be like, well, this is this is definitely a step too far. Mm-hmm. You've gone too far with your bumper car scheme here, Lando. I mean, I hate to say it because Lando's a very charismatic person, but he's definitely entered that too rich to fail level of life. Where any, every time his stations get blown up by random Imperials or whatever, he just gets another one. Oh, yeah. He's like, well, it's a good thing I already took all of the money out of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure, everyone who worked for me is destitute, but I'll have a new thing going. Hey, guys, have you ever heard of off-planet accounts? They're the best. <laughs> Why didn't you guys just invest? <laughs> Uh, I've got all my money invested in the Solomon planets. Uh, so yeah, we get Han, Chewie, and Anakin going to Cernpedal, and Mara, Luke, and R2 going to uh, Belkadan. Which means that Leia and Jason and Jaina are just going to hang out on Dubrillion. And 3PO. Oh, and 3PO are stuck just chilling on Dubrillion, and there's, no, there's not even a mention of it. No. They're like, oh, I guess we'll just leave these guys here all right yeah uh so the jade saber blasts off and boy they're like oh that sure is a fast ship isn't it do you think luke would give mara anything less than the fastest ship (laughs) money's no object i mean literally we aren't aware of money as a concept we're above that yeah i don't i don't think you understand we're republic royalty Mm -hmm. like literally Mm -hmm. and also i want fifty dollars to fly your ship to this other place (laughs) 50 American dollars. 50 U.S. and Australian dollars. Each, please, in unmarked bills. No markings, Aren't just you, blank. Wait, but you're Han Solo. You literally live in the Emperor's old house. Like, you have too much stuff. You're like the AMPM of the New Republic. Yeah, and I'd like a slight bit more stuff, please, Lando. Yeah, don't. I don't think you remember. I'm the guy who thought the best thing I could do was buy a planet for someone that I wanted to woo. Mm-hmm. This is the level of rich we're dealing with here. Mm-hmm. And I gave that planet away as sort of like a wedding present. So, give you me mo- Give me money. <laughs> give me everything. Then again, I did marry into a tree full of jewel-like objects of make you smarter wisdom. So, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm coming out ahead. Uh, yes. Hmm. So there you go. The Falcon and the Jade Saber both take off, mm-hmm. and that's where we end chapter 13. With the most hair, the uh, portentous sentence. Yeah, ooh. And the Millennium Falcon took off an hour later for a one-day trip that would prove to be the most harrowing journey of Han Solo's life. It was only supposed to be a three-hour tour. A, a three-hour three tour! tour. <laughs> <sighs> the millionaire <laughs> and his Wookiee. <laughs> Uh, all right chapter 14 it begins so i don't remember where we jump back to kip who is just sort of stranded wherever the fuck he managed to jump out of hyperspace oh yeah so he's just out in the deep ocean of space somewhere and sure enough he got bugs on his ship he's like well fuck there's like a couple of bugs on me and they are just 
chewing through the two worst things they could. One's trying to get through the canopy to me, and the other one is eating through my ion drive. Yeah, he's got some bad situation bugs. So he starts launching well, himself. Well, I don't give a damn about his bad situation. <laughs> anyway, he, uh, he, he starts prepping to survive, essentially. So Yeah, he's getting on his life suit because he's like, there's no way I can stop this thing from getting through. So as soon as the canopy is done, I've got to be able to survive the vacuum of space. I think my favorite part of this is when he realizes that the bug that's trying to get to his ion drive has climbed between the S-foils of his ship. So he tries to just close it on them to smush the bug. Yeah. He closes the wings, and it doesn't kill it, so he just keeps, like, opening and closing them on it. Uh-huh. He's like, come on, come on, come on, squish come him, on. squish him. But it doesn't, so eventually he just locks his S-foils in, in uh, closed position so that the bug is stuck. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, the other while he's got his life suit on, the other bug manages to get two big pincher holes right into the canopy. Yeah, and he's like, all right, well, fuck it. Boop! So he he presses a button that blows his canopy closed for uh, off for ejection purposes, and it knocks the bug's head kind of up because its teeth are stuck in the canopy right now. Mm-hmm. But doesn't knock the bug off the ship. It's holding on with its other four powerful arms. Yeah, like he he looks out over the ship when he looks up from his cockpit, and he's like, "Motherfucker, you're still clinging to the ship." Yeah. So uh. he just, at this point, it just cuts its feet off with lightsa- with a lightsaber and. Yeah, he's like, off you go. Yeah, and so the thing with its ca- with the canopy and the bug, the, the most of the bug go floating off into space. Yeah. Now, unfortunately, the uh, the pincers of the fucking one that he trapped in the foils are long enough that it still kind of gets to the engine. Yeah, so it starts chomping the engine. He kind of walks over there and stabs it in the face. Or spacewalks over there. Yeah, you know, spacewalks. And then the ship kind of judders and stutters because the, the engine's been messed with and starts rotating randomly, and he is flung off the ship briefly. Yeah. This is super scary if it wasn't happening to a powerful Jedi. Yeah. He's like, oh, I lost my lightsaber. I'll just uh, force, force that back, force that and then back. I'll force myself back to the <laughs> ship. Okay, there we go. No problem. Everything's fine. Ugh. All the fears of deep space travel are pretty much lost on me. And sadly, he has lost his astromech droid R5L4 otherwise just known as L4 who yeah. got who got chewed up by one of the bugs in, in a in a sad scene at the to- at the beginning of this chapter. Yeah, one of the bugs just sort of like burrowed down the middle of him. Mm-hmm. So he screams and pops and fire goes off inside of him and now he's dead. Yeah. We we uh, hardly knew ye L4, but you're still better than Kip Duran. <laughs> yeah. Now, you can tell that they've fixed this by later models on the ship, uh, or of the droid, because this is just an L4, but by the time that they got to the R5-L7, it would only pretend it was dead. Hmm. 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 Ah. Hmm. Fine. All right, anyway. (laughs) So, yeah. He is just spinning through space, trying to figure out what the fuck to do. Uh, as soon as he manages to get back, he, <laughs> he's like, oh, I can't jump back into hyperspace. I don't have a canopy. Yeah. He's like, well, all right. If I try to do that, I'm just going to be dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, <sighs> he tries the engines. The engines are all fucked up and he can only go slow and, uh, and he has to keep turning the engines on and off to get them to go at all. And at one point he's like, all right, let me just, I was going to open up these fucking s foils and get rid of this damn bug but then he was like oh wait a minute even if i die out here anyone who finds me should really investigate what the fuck this bug is right so So i'll just keep it i'll keep it stuck in here and then he's like okay well i guess i'll go into a jedi trance and point myself at one of the two local local places i could try to go back to dubrillion 
or there's a more local place I could go to. Some backwater planet. Cernpedal. Cernpedal. Well, that's that's more people heading to Cernpedal because that's where Han and Chewie were going, if you hadn't remembered. Yeah. So there you go. There's a bunch of people heading for Cernpedal. Hmm. But anyway, he just sort of puts himself back in the canopy, points the ship at Cernpedal, and goes into hyperspace? Like, there's a point where he's well, like, I he, can't go into hyperspace. He rewires his hyperdrive to the point where he's like, all right, what I'm going to do is create shields over me. Mm-hmm. So he's like, all right, I'm basically just going to create a localized force field where the canopy was, but I can only do short jumps. So he basically goes into hyperspace for like a few seconds and then drops out and has to reset everything to get the bubble back. And he gets the bubble and he jumps again and he has to just do these short little hops. Yeah, so he's on his way to Cernpedal in a ridiculously desperate situation. Yeah, he's got a fucked up X-Wing. He himself is all messed up and he has lost the 13, the Baker's Dozen and Avengers. Oh yeah, he even thinks about it for a second. He's like, oh no, all of my, all, it'll take me forever to rebuild my beloved squadron. Oh no, where am I going to find another Jedi in 12 dudes? I mean, obviously he's going to find another Jedi by just going back to the Jedi Temple. Hey, can and, I get another one of those? Hey, give me another Jedi, I lost mine. <laughs> I, lo- I lost my trainee. Yeah, don't worry, he was still under warranty. Yeah, I get, an, I get a second. I paid for the extended package. Look, I got accidental damage on my Padawan, so you had better give me a new one. Put a Jedi in this B wing <laughs> put a jedi in my hand <laughs> 50 bucks little man uh <laughs> some poor some poor padawan is pushed out like i don't want to go with him he's a he's a genocidal maniac don't make oh sorry jedi code nope there you go all burn right. all you can from kip Duran. <laughs> uh and now we finally get to see what's going on with danny key Ah, thank you. I was trying to remember when the Danny Keep it happened. She's stuck in a bubble. Yeah, she's stuck in an ice dome somewhere where they've got some goo monster that creates heat in there, so she doesn't have to be in the like cloaker or have the fucking the, the starfish. starfish. So she's so she basically is sitting in a room full of lichen, and the lichen generates heat and light, so she can sit in there. Uh every once in a while the floor bubbles open and a couple of Eugene Vong come in and one of them will get like checker while the other one provides food. Yeah. One will be like, all right, I'm going to hold my weapon to you and make sure you don't do anything. And mm-hmm. then I'll drop a little plate here. Yeah. And the plates covered with like alive eels, which are the uh, food. Yeah. They're like, here, we got some eels out of the water. Here you go. There you go. I, I don't know if they're supposed to be from, from the planet or if they're just, I don't know if they're fleek. I'm sure they're, per- they're, they're, they're purpose driven food eels that the, yeah, they're the, very fleek. Eels. Yeah. They're on fleek. That's for sure. They're definitely fleek eels. I mean, these are fresher than you'd ever find at a Menorai. Oh, no. Yeah. But uh, but I, it's weird that they, they only mention that the eels are alive and wriggling and so on in passing, and then there's never a mention from it again. Yeah, I like uh, that she is never like, oh, ew, ew. weird yeah. wriggling eel things. She's just like, anyway, they give me some wriggly eel stuff, and I eat it because I don't care. Because it's food, and I'm staying alive. Fuck you. What, what do you want? Uh, so she's stuck in there, uh, and she has been visited on a couple of occasions by Prefect Tagara, who... Basically just keeps telling her things about the Yuzhan Vong. Oh, yeah. He's essentially doing his best to peacock Danny Key. Yeah. He's like, look at my fucking Yamosk. Nobody else has a Yamosk, just this dude. Mm-hmm. You guys don't even have a chance. We're going to we- wipe the whole species. By dude, way, my dad owns a dealership of coral skippers. <laughs> you should consider signing up. Like, he's basically 
pitching Yuzhan Vong like an MLM scheme to her. Hey, have you heard about the Yuzhan Vong? Imagine if you had half the universe in your downstream. <laughs> We've got a whole new galaxy of revenue here, mm-hmm. and you could get in on the ground floor. None of them have heard about it. You won't have to worry about being shut down on Facebook. <laughs> How many of your old high school chums do you know? <laughs> And how gullible are they? Every one of them is a potential buyer. That's the way you have to see the world. (laughs) But yeah, he is just constantly going on about glory. He's like, oh, the glory of the Praetorite Vong and the glory of combat and the glory of Yamosks and the glory of the world ship. I mean, yeah, we get it. I do kind of appreciate this about the Eugene Vong and about Danny Key's take on the Eugene Vong is, damn, these guys are really into their... They're they're really energetic about everything. yeah, they have... Not just drunk the Kool-Aid. They are creating more Kool-Aid. They're living their best life. They're like, no, it's not just like, oh, yeah, let's go out there. Like, you know, you might look at the stormtroopers of the Empire and be like, ooh, yeah, they're, they're probably totally into whatever. These guys are like fanatically all about their dumb bullshit. Well, I mostly think about all the villains we've encountered before. The Ferrario, the, uh, like, uh, Beldorion the Hut, where you're like, oh, this guy's in charge of a private army, but he'd betray them for a nickel in an instant. He doesn't give a shit about his army in the slightest. Same thing with, uh, with, with, with uh, what's-his-face from the, Hethrir, who's like, I, he was just killing his own people for, like, slightly dis- displeasing him and stuff. Oh, yeah, he's like, look, the only thing I'm here to do is get more force power. I, I, yeah, I'm here to to do what's best for Hathrir. Yeah. But these guys are straight up walking the walk. Oh, yeah, they're like, oh, we do everything for the glory of the Yuzhan Vong. And that's not just bullshit, like, literally everyone is. Yeah, every single one of them is 100% on board. Uh, anyway, eventually, the floor bubbles up, and in is deposited a guy. Um, my my man. Man. <laughs> uh, so yeah, he throws in a dude, Dagara comes in, he's like, hello, da- hello, Danny, <laughs> it's time for us to talk again about the glory of the Bradorite Vong. And she's like, wow, you've learned English really well while you've been gone. And he points to a gross thing in his he's ear. Like, he's like, I've got a little earworm. We have such cool shit. Uh, you doubt our power? Look at this shit. Little worm, eh? Isn't it neat? Wouldn't you think my collection's complete? <laughs> Wouldn't you think I'm, I'm the Praetorite? <laughs> I've got ooglets and maskers aplenty. Nullis <laughs> uh, and Grullinches galore. You want Phillips? I got 20. <laughs> but who cares? No big deal. I, I want, want more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want to be where the humans are. I, I want, want to, to see, see want, want to see, see them dying. <laughs> well, well, that <laughs> happened all of a sudden. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, the, just the spirit took me over. Yep, that's going to happen every once in a while. Uh, it's because we're living our best lives here. We're giving 110%. <laughs> and... Fucking the one thing that Degara really wants to drive home is he just looks at the dude that he dropped in and then looks at Danny goes, he is not worthy. Yeah, like, Danny you're was worthy yeah. because you got a recommendation from Yeoman Carr. Yeah. This dude, not worthy. Which is weird because how's that fair? The only difference between the two of them is that Danny Key met a Vong once. Yeah. This guy didn't get the chance to meet any Vongs. Hmm, hmm, hmm. 
Uh, but that's like basically all he does. He goes in there and he's like, yo, what up? We caught this dude. He's not worthy. Peace out. By the way, pray to write Vong too good. Think about it. <laughs> Think about the offer. Ah, <laughs> uh, we'll, oh, we'll get you eventually. <laughs> just jumps back into the water and is out. Yep. Well, eventually, our dude, who is completely unidentifiable because he's just wearing a pair of underwear. Yeah. Well, she's like, oh, man, this guy's going to get eaten by a yamosk and I guess chewed up with his one big dumb tooth. Well, we find out that he's only got a big visible front tooth, and there's yes. a whole bunch more teeth behind it that are smaller. But at this point, she doesn't know that. She's well, like, no, this she... guy's gonna get stabbled. She almost does, because the Vong... Cause they, they offered her to the Yamos at one point. They're like, hey, Yamos, do you want this? And you he's want... like, mm, nah. No, She'll she's... be useful for other things. She's good for sales. <laughs> she's got mm, the right assets for <laughs> sales, if you will. Yamos. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. one, one big tooth. <laughs> yes, she has one big tooth. It's great for sales. <laughs> so uh, the Yamosk has been introduced to her and been like, hey, this this lady should be converted to Vong. Yeah. Um, like this, she'll be useful. Yeah. I'm not going to eat her. Let's keep her around her so we can brag about our cool shit at her so that th- we have a great way to do that for the book. Oh, yeah. And apparently Degar was like, ooh, that's a great honor. The Yamosk didn't just chew your face off. Good mm-hmm. job. Hey, great for you. Now, if you want to take a tour of the weird nonsense I have. Okay. Now, wh- how many essential oils can I put you down for? <laughs> Look at this. It's a Dovin basil, or as we call it here under uh, around the office, a dingle hopper. <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, eventually Miko wakes up and yeah, like, then we find out it's Miko. Oh, yeah, sorry. The dude wakes up and we find out indeed that it's Miko. Yeah. The little raccoon from Pocahontas. <laughs> indeed. The little raccoon from Pocahontas is here, and now it's time for another Disney song. I mean, literally, in the end of this chapter, Flit's going to show up, so why not? Ugh. So, yeah. She is like, yo, what happened? He's like, oh, we uh, we fought a whole bunch of weird rock ships, and she's like, oh, yeah, Coral Skippers. Yeah. I know what those are, because Degara will not shut up about his stuff. Yeah, and then they knocked me unconscious, and when I woke up, I got a really bad headache, and I'm seeing colors. In fact, I'm seeing all the colors of the wind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so he, <laughs> you look mad at me. <laughs> Is everything okay? No, everything's great. All right, great. Uh, you're, you're lining something up. <laughs> no, well, he, he, no, it's it's just that you know he has like basically ridiculous injuries at this point. Like he's barely able to get a sentence out. Yeah, he's, he's very like, beat yeah. Up. We we came to find you. Who's we? The Dozen and Two Avengers? That's a dumb name. That's <laughs> great. <laughs> yeah, he's like, The Dozen and Two Avengers. The what? That sounds stupid. What? I've never heard of that and that's stupid. Aw. Aw, you've never heard of us and we are stupid. <laughs> it sucks. Anyway, I'm a Jedi. Oh shit, a Jedi? Fuck yes. That's great. That's all I needed. And he's like, yeah, don't worry, I'll get us out of here. I got a plan. If we can just get around the river bend. Now let's... <laughs> <laughs> I am a Jedi. See how I glitter? (laughs) All right, now here's my plan. We've got to dig, boys. (laughs) He's not just Pocahontas. He's every Pocahontas song. (laughs) We have to warn people about these these Yuzhan Vong. They're different from us. (laughs) They're barbarians. That that means they must be evil. (laughs) (laughs) 
<sighs> All right, I think we this this uh this little pray to right, pray to right, barely <laughs> even human. Oh God. Anyway, <sighs> it's it's uh it's a good thing he's doomed because we're gonna run out of Pocahontas material <laughs> real fast. Uh, yeah. so, so anyway, he's like, no, I'm a, I'm a Jedi. Once I get my bearings and kind of get myself together, we're going to escape. And she's like, uh, the walls are a hundred meters thick and made of ice and we're in the core of a water planet, you know? And of course the planet is crawling with these dudes. Mm-hmm. The only parts of the planet that aren't negative 50 degrees Celsius are Vong stuff. Yeah. So, but he's like, all right, hold on. I got to go into a meditative trance and call out with my brain meets to the other Jedi. Mm-hmm. She's like, is that going to work? I don't know. I think my favorite part of this is when he just talks over her where she's like, oh, by the way, these people are from another galaxy. And he's like, that's impossible. And she's I'm like, sorry. You're a lady. Can you Whoa, please calm down? You're hysterical, ma'am. <laughs> Ooh, is it that time of the month where you think people are from other galaxies? <laughs> but she's like, no, stupid. I watched them come in from another galaxy. Belkadan, I'm from Excal 4. It's a place that I'm watches... I'm a goddamn the, scientist, my, man. My whole job is to see if things live in other galaxies. <laughs> Back off, Jedi. I'm a scientist. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. <laughs> what are they doing here? The Yuzhan Vong want it all. Don't care how. They want it now. Oh, come on now. She's all Little Mermaid jokes. <laughs> I can't. I can't not do it. <laughs> Uh, come back to me when you got a Le Poisson joke ready for him. <laughs> uh, yeah. So he's like, oh, well, pff, even if they are invaders, there's just one ship. We'll beat the shit out of them. He's like, I like the part where he's like, they were super easy to blow up. We were totally winning. And she goes, until you lost. Yeah. <laughs> well, they had the ability to strip our shields. No fair. Yeah, they have the ability to strip your shields. They didn't lose that when you lost. Yeah, it's not like, oh, we were winning and then, oh, some random event happens. You were winning until they went, let's win. Yeah, I like that she is very, very pragmatic about this whole situation. She's like, look, if you go get a bunch of Republic troops and show up, it's going to look like they're winning. But these dudes know way more about us than we know about them. And they have have tricks for everything they're like they have these weird fucking monsters that do shit we have no idea how to counter and they've been studying us for a while yeah we know fuck all about them and they know way too much about us yeah what we need is a situation where someone ignores them entirely and just blows up the whole star system they're in if (laughs) only there was a genocidal maniac with a (laughs) ship powerful enough to blow up the sun here if only some amazing hero could come by and just destroy trillions of lives who's got a sun crusher when you really need one Ugh. and Miko's like uh Ugh. stupid <laughs> kept ron <laughs> he's probably dead uh then we get uh they are like okay we gotta make a plan and then we skip to dagara and nominor talking where dagara has to be like Oh, hey, uh, so some dudes found us. Well, I'm glad to see this scene happen, because up until now, I was a little unclear on which one was in charge between Nominor and Dagara. neither. They're technically supposed to be equals. Yeah, and they're doing two different things, but it seems like... Like, Nominor's got the uh, the power in this particular conversation. Well, yeah, because Dagara fucked up. He's like, yeah. someone found us. Yeah. And so Nominor's like, I haven't fucked up my job. You fucked up yours. You lost glory. Ha ha. Oh, right. I'm going to complain to all the gods about you. It's uh, every conversation between Vaughn takes hours. I got two hours. more glory points than you. 
I'm level seven. Yeah. I'm already oh, in are my... you leveled up without me? Oh, oh, fucking hell. And you're already in your prestige class? Gah. Oh, you got a mountain. I still need 20 more gold for it. <laughs> oh, no, but Nominor's like, all right, well, let's run through this. How did you get discovered? We have no idea. We think just, it's just random. Yeah, we think they randomly came in, but we shot all of them down except for two, which we had to unleashed the what the fuck grutchen the grutchen which by the way that's just a pokemon yeah we unleashed grutchen at them and mm-hmm. it used its hyper beam and definitely super, beat them it was definitely super effective uh so he's like you let grutchen out you idiot and then we have a whole thing where it's like grutchen the, the space bugs the space oh. bugs are not tamed like everything else they have yeah, they they're just it. like a bio weapon you shit out and it destroys anything it gets near i like the idea that they say for example let's just pick one of their things the villop is a tamed animal yeah it's like what is this oh it's a tamed animal so what does that does that mean it, when it's not being your face or a football like it's just sort of a dog like it's just because it's, it's just it's, there it's sessile you've been keeping it inside of like a box that's like saying a pet rock is tamed yeah or I a mean, plant that you have like, I understand that they're like, oh, we can give commands to things or do motions and it'll do what we want it to. But the Grutchen aren't like that. We can't just be like, hey, Grutchen, go over here. As soon as we release them, they just do whatever the fuck they want. Yeah, I, I but what actually, they want to do is destroy vehicles. At least at this specific point, I haven't really seen evidence of a creature that's tamed as opposed to purpose bred to do one thing. Eh. Like, like even the Yamosk is like, okay, I guess that thing might be tamed, but no, it, every once in a while it goes a little nuts and eats a bunch of Eugene Vaughn. <laughs> well, sometimes it gets a little hungry. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, he's like, he's like, you let Grutchen out, you idiot. If they discover Grutchen, that's a real problem for us. <laughs> uh, so Which Grutchen got out? I'm afraid it was Grutchen Carlson. <laughs> so, yeah, they, uh, <laughs> they have a little discussion about like, okay, we had to essentially destroy all of the grutchen that we released yeah they, they can't put you can't put grutchen back in the bottle apparently yeah if once they're out they just do whatever they're gonna do and they're like i don't happily we... eat ships that the yuzhan vong own as well they're like not worried about the numbers because because i guess grutchen love to fuck but they don't have a queen they're yeah so, oh, she, so they can't. they're like they can't reproduce out there so we don't have to worry about like Oh, a mated pair or something got out. Yeah. They need a queen. So the ones we released, it's not like it's going to grow. No, but, but they what will might hang happen around. is they attack some ship and it draws attention to us. Or they'll they'll also hang around and fuck up Yuzhan Vong ships. So they're like, all right, well, we killed all the ones we could. A couple might have gotten away because they're so ridiculously fast, apparently. Also because some of them left to hyperspace with the two ships. Yeah. We're sure that we got the A-Wing. We're not sure we got the other one, but it did have Grutchen on it, so it's probably fine, is yeah. basically what it comes down to. So then they start going on to the, like, all right, great. Anyway, you got a Jedi? You can, uh, you've been breaking him? Oh, that's so annoying. They have this whole thing where they're like, ah, yes, the Yuzhan Vong way is mental torture. Yes, we'll, we'll make him believe he is unworthy, that he's a real piece of shit. Basically, we'll be a bad boyfriend for a long time. We're just going to really gaslight this Jedi. <laughs> to what end? <laughs> well, they're, they're basically trying to discover the mental limits of the Jedi. Yeah, they're like, all right, let's just see how far we can push this one Jedi before he breaks. Yeah. 
Oh, eventually he'll d- he'll be reduced to a sobbing pile of misery on the floor. Oh, we will measure his willpower, Executor. We will measure it so carefully. We'll, we'll turn him from Jedi to leave Brittany alone, guy. <laughs> so it, fast. It'll be a, ma- a disgusting process. Oh, we're going to turn this Jedi into a hot mess. <laughs> So yeah, that's what all the this guy's unworthy shit is all about. Yeah. So they're like, oh, we're just gonna fuck with this dude's brain a whole bunch. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> they go back to the whole like, so about the ships that escaped. Ah, ah, they didn't escape. They had bugs on them. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, whatever. When does the rest of the fleet show up? Like, you know. Even if they did die, they may have shot out, like, a warning beacon that the bugs didn't get. Right, so at this point, we really need to shore up our defenses. When will the rest of the fleet be here? Okay, well, one of the world ships is showing up today. Another one is going to be here tomorrow. So we got dudes coming. Don't you worry. Everything's fine. Like, we got our Yamosk has his weird energy barrier in place. We got coral skippers aplenty. Mm -hmm. We are ready to fuck dudes up. Mm Mm-hmm. <laughs> Our Yamask is safely ensconced at the center of the ocean planet. He's better down where it's wetter. <sighs> yep. Take it from me. <laughs> Dagara. <laughs> okay, so yeah, that's what happens there. Yeah. I don't really this this conversation kind of peters out. Yeah, they they just kind of go like, alright, great. So uh go fucking get ready for them and Break that dude, and yeah. I guess just enjoy breaking a Jedi. Yeah, have fun with that. By the way, at this point, we also get to establish that that uh, these dudes are basically immune to Jedi. Well, we establish that in the next scene. Yeah, because we're going to go back to uh, Key and Miko. And, Mi- yeah. and Miko. Miko and Danny, uh, who are plotting their escape. And then, sure enough, while they're hanging around being ready, the floor bubbles up and in comes a bunch of guards. Yeah, we get three dudes show up. Uh, Miko, like, kicks one in the face as he's coming up and knocks him back down to the water. And pushes the other two over at the same time, and then they kind of jump them. Yeah, so Danny's fighting one of them. Yeah. And Miko ends up having to fight, like, two. This isn't a good showing for the Yuzhan Vong, that these two injured naked people take out three of their their soldiers. Well, I mean, like, Miko manages to neck chop one of them in the throat, so Mm -hmm. he pretty much only has to deal with one. But he is, like unarmed against a dude with a spear just slapping the spear away yeah no he's he's using his jedi battle trance and so on at one point he realizes he's kind of losing so he tries to read his opponent's mind to see if he can like get some insights into how he fights yeah he's like i've been doing the whole force thing to predict like what the moves will be but maybe i can get a read on the dude himself and there is nothing yeah these dudes do not have jedi accessible brains yeah they are just blank space to the force yeah uh so anyway he eventually does win the fight through some cool uh martial arts descriptions of like taking the spear away from. oh the yeah Yuzhan i mean Bong. they basically fight over the spear like it's a fucking jackie chan set piece mm-hmm. where they're both grabbing on it and spinning it yeah and then he reverses which direction he's pushing at it and, and conks the dude on the head yeah so they managed to do that uh, Danny even manages to take out the Vong that she is fighting. Well, yeah, she's very worthy. Which, by the way, when the two the two Vong are fighting Dan- uh, Miko, they keep saying unworthy while they're fighting him. Unworthy! 
Unworthy. Like while they're losing and so on. All part of the hazing process. Yeah. So they uh, they beat up these guards, take their Oogleth cloakers and their uh, starfish things, and they put them on. And when you know it, even they get an orgasmic rush of ecstasy and pleasure. <sighs> the fact that he used that description again, where it was like, ooh, that exquisite pain. I'm like, no, these aren't Vong. Don't write yeah, like they, that. Yeah, they aren't into this. This, this. These are a couple of humans. Don't. I mean... It's, Maybe I, I, one of them is into a it, little bit, but they're it's, probably not. It's weird that both of these humans are also pain sluts. It's it's a, but yeah, he's like ah, oh, with an orgasmic rush of tiny pain tingles. They they uh, put on the Oogleth cloakers. Yeah, it was like ah, oh, come Ugh. on, please, please do not describe it as little flickets of exquisite agony. Yeah. Anyway, Ugh. once they get their equipment on and the starfish things down their throats, they start doing their escape. Yeah. Which even then, when they're alone and there are no Vong around, they're still stopping to be like, wow, Vong bioarchitecture was truly a work of genius. Look these, at this big worm that we have to go up. These people are indeed our superiors and supermen. They, this thing has ribs that are like stairs. Who could have thought of that? This is so great. I love the usual. I'm going to sign up. You know what? You you sold me. Uh-huh. It mean, was the worm that did it. It was the worm. It fi- the, the worm was what sold me. All these other goops are just gravy. Oh, you're going to love the goop that is gravy. <laughs> oh, our gravy goop is the best. <laughs> also packed with protein and available for only twenty nine ninety five. It's got real meaty gibbets, and it comes in a powdered form. <laughs> it's all the protein you need for a whole day. It's brain food. <laughs> it's made of brain. Packed with vitamin R. R? R. We have special pirate vitamins. <laughs> Uh, so they get up and they're sneaking around the world ship. They're like, ooh, yeah, let's go find, I don't know, maybe a coral skipper and see if I can pilot a meteor. That's their basic plan is to try and steal some technology and escape. Uh, but unfortunately, when they get to the top of the stairs worm, Dagar is just there and he's like, oh, you won't need your nullith here. I'm glad the nullith is the starfish. We finally get the name for the starfish, the nullith. Yep. And uh, that's a G-N, so Gnullith. Mm-hmm. The, the Gnulliths. And I, there's no description of them removing them. I like to think that Danny Key's like, no, fuck you, I'm going to keep this thing in case I ever get away with escaping. Well, yeah, because he's like, oh, don't worry. The world ship produces its own atmosphere. And they're like, yeah, oh, quit bragging, for Christ's sake. Uh, <laughs> and then he's like, oh, it took you longer than I had expected. Mm. Mm, yes. I sent my three chumpiest warriors. I mean, I have to assume, because yeah. this was all part of the plan to break him. Yep, it's all part of the Miko break. But, I mean, does that mean he's keeping chumpy warriors around for breaking random Jedi he might meet? I mean... You'd think he'd be like, all right, let's... Every couple of weeks... he was like, all right, you three, act like idiots. Yeah, that might be it. Don't worry, I think they won't kill you. Because they don't kill them. They just keep conking them on the noggin to knock them unconscious again while they're <laughs> taking their clothes. Oh, yeah, there's... <laughs> When they're talking about, like, all right, and they get the cloaker, and they've got the starfish thing, and every time someone wings up, they're like, and donk, all right, and then another guy wakes up, and donk. Yeah, they're just playing whack-a-mole. Just <laughs> fucking kill them. They're not good people. These these are ridiculous murder invaders from another galaxy. Maybe take a couple out. Just just put an end to them. Jeez. Uh, okay, so... Drown them. There's water right there. So Dagara and Miko have a fight that is basically Dagara throws a big pile of sentient goo. Yeah, Dagara turns out to have one each of his purpose-driven bat shark repellent type goofy gizmos in each hand. 
So with one hand, he throws some goop on the ground in front of uh, Miko, and with the other hand, he releases a deadly hummingbird. Yeah, there's some ball that flies out and just... It's the fucking golden snitch. It's a yeah. little, it's a little ball with wings on it that can fly around super fast. Yeah, and it just flies into Danny and knocks her down. Yeah, it flies into her fast enough to knock the wind out of her and break one of her ribs. And the goo is like sentient tar, essentially. Mm-hmm. It just chases after Miko, and as soon as it gets on him, it just sticks to him and holds him in place. Yeah, it constricts real hard, so it just sort of locks him down to the floor. Yeah, and so he's like, hmm, I expected you to make it past my goo. Truly, you are unworthy. Oh, so unworthy. In fact, I've decided you're unworthy enough that now it's time to feed you to the Yamosk. Oh, Yamosk like, time. I'm like, wasn't this going to be a long process? What are we doing here? Well, that was also part of the process is to fake feed him, him to the Yamosk. Take him to the Yamosk because the Yamosk is all psychic and shit. Yeah, it won't actually eat him. Yeah, they're just going to terrify the shit out of him. Yeah, well, anyway, he's like, okay, now we're going to feed you to the Yamosk. You, random smunderling. Uh, I- oh, smunderling. <laughs> yeah, because he's a smoldery underling. Some underling. Yeah. Smunderling. Well, you, smunderling. Contact- That's me. I'm smunderling. <laughs> the the great Yuzhen Vong. <laughs> I love pain. Have you seen my tattoos and fucked up nose? <laughs> There's not enough uh, apostrophes in his name. We have to put one between Dur and Ling, I think. Smunderling. Oh, Smunderling. Uh, so Smunderling, he is instructed to go contact, um, what's her name? Prefect? Uh, Mahira? Mahraib or something Ma- like that? Mashraid. Mashraid. Mashraid? Yeah. <laughs> go let go let Prefect Mashraid know we're about to murder this guy. She's into that sort of thing. And Mashraid is... The Dagara of the other world ship. The one that's arriving today. And indeed, as he's making this dramatic pronunciation, he indicates that Danny should look out the window. And when she does, she sees all the stars in the sky, and one of them is getting closer, because it's another fat, flappy octopus spaceship unfolding so it can splat down on the planet. Yep. And this one is Jimmy Jam packed with, like, fighters. Yeah, it's got a bunch of soldier mans in it. Because the other one was like, oh, yeah, this is just sort of our base of operations. We need yeah, it's a setup like, team. engineers. We mm-hmm. need dudes who will actually, like, pilot and do things. The second world ship is just fighters. Yeah, the first one was nothing but Zerglings and a couple of Overmines. But now. Now they're bringing in all their Hydralisks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they bring in too many Hydralisks, and they're going to get one of those spawn more overlords. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, unfortunately, Danny Key did not construct additional pylons i know if she had just constructed additional pylons she wouldn't be having this problem uh so we get the yushan vong pep rally now oh yeah this is the part where she's like god damn these people are really into their shit yeah because all of the people from dagara's ship are on like that will legally organic bleachers yes well the yamosk burps up a big bubble and they all go in the Yamask bubble burp, and there's bleachers in there. Yeah, there's there's a bunch of weird living bleachers that they stand on. Uh-huh. And Degara is standing on some sort of stage being like, Oh, glory this and glory that, and we shall glory glory. Yeah, Hallelujah. Like, he has like an hour-long presentation to each one of several gods. Yeah, and at that point he's like, Now that we've done two hours of talking about how great all of our gods are, 
May I introduce Mushraid? It's finally time to roast Jim Carrey. <laughs> so Mushraid comes in and she has an ass load mm-hmm. of warriors with her. Yeah, she basically comes in. She's the Jeffrey Ross of these people. Walks right <laughs> up to the stage and is like, Jim Carrey is also known as the rubber-faced man. I wish his dad had worn a rubber Thank you. Good night. Thank you. We we love we we make fun of him because we love him. Yeah, all right. Yeah, that's enough. I did my thing. That's good. I did my bit. You did your bit. Thank you. I had to get another bit in ever since you were really mad at me about the L7 one. <laughs> I mean, that was gold, Jerry. Gold. Uh, I had a breeders one lined up. You knocked the wind right out of my sails. Right out of it. God damn it. Uh, anyway, so not only has the Yamosk burped out a oxygen bubble for these people, but then it's also kind of acting as a loudspeaker slash translator. Yeah. It, well, the Yamosk is powerfully psychic, and therefore it can, it can communicate telepathically. No mention of the Force. It's just also a powerful different kind of telepath. They have yeah. their own telepaths. It's just a psychic, and when Dagar is talking, it is broadcasting that to everyone, including Danny. And she's like, I don't speak the language, but it's sort of translating for me it's fun because she goes from what is this they speak in vong what uh, oh wait i get this now i understand i listen oh <laughs> <laughs> she's the dozen plus one warrior <laughs> very good no one's gonna get any of that <laughs> uh okay uh, <laughs> so yeah, so, so then they, they bring out fucking uh, Miko, and they're like, yeah. now for the main event, I think my favorite this part was dude. W- when the second warm tunnel came down for, to deposit Mishrabe and her soldiers, and she got up on stage and just did two more hours of God stuff. Yeah. And it, the whole time, Danny was like, wow, no one is bored. Not like, a sing- no, no one here is going like, uh, <laughs> oh, right? no, just, no one is looking down at their phone quietly. Nothing. No. Every one of them. Just enraptured with this. They're like, wow, yeah, I am on board. Yay, I'll do whatever. And sure enough, they drag Miko out in front of the uh, the mighty Yamosk. They're like, here you go, Yamosk. Munch away. And you're like, th- aren't they feeding this thing all the time? I mean, it's huge. It's got to eat constantly. <laughs> you but don't know that. I guess that's true. I, don't, I do not know that. But anyway, the Yamos grabs a hold of Miko and starts dragging him in. And Miko's like, I can't close my eyes. I can't look away. Oh, yeah. Even, I have to face my death like a true Jedi. Even Danny is like, oh, I'm getting just like waves of terror and like everything is coming off of this Yamosk. But it's not the Yamosk who is afraid. He's trying to project this into Miko to break him. So yeah. as he is dragging Miko towards his big dumb mouth with a single tooth and then it turns out he's got like rows and rows of little teeth inside of his mouth Mm -hmm. he's basically cheating he's using psychic power to force fear into miko and i'm I'm gonna call bullshit on this if the force works doesn't work on these fucking guys then their stupid psychic shouldn't work on force guys yeah but it It, does because they're the vong oh so cheaty but yeah they're like oh no i I am filled with horrible terror, and I cannot even look away because the Yamosk will not let me. And indeed, that's the end. Yeah. He just gets dragged in, and Dagara is mostly just like, man, I can't wait until this dude starts screaming and pissing himself. This is going to be wonderful. Yeah. So that's where the chapter ends. We have no idea what actually happens to Miko. Yep. 
We don't know if he got et or if he got broke or if he was like, I resist your shit, my dude. Yeah. But tune in next week for the exciting conclusion. Actually, it's just... I mean, no. We've no, got like lot, another half of a book yeah, here. Yeah, there's plenty more to go. I'm not, I just wanted to say something exciting. Uh, how about if I just said the next thrilling tale? There you go. Yeah. Tune in next week for the next thrilling tale of Miko or Superman's pal. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, that's the end of the couple of chapters that we're doing today. Lots of shit going on, but still not a whole lot with our main characters. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Real shame. I was kind of hoping they'd be involved by now and doing cool shit and stuff. At least they've been doing something yeah that's true so, almost doing something i mean like, we've established a lot of interesting arguments and so on between them where i mean jason's got his trouble with anakin and if this was any other book they would have been on dubrillion until chapter 20 yeah, yeah like at least, they at least would have just sat there yeah it, it, at least indeed they are leaving i assume this means we're going to get a fight between luke and and yeoman car which doesn't sound all that exciting to me. No. You know, I mean, Yeoman Carr's very good at what he does, and what he does is kill unsuspecting scientists. Yeah, he's like, ooh, I'm the best there is at what I do, and what I do is kill off people that aren't expecting it and are also not soldiers. Yeah, but Luke's just going to make mincemeat out of that guy. But I mean, it's Luke and Amara, which means they're going to show up and be like, hey, we're ridiculously badass. What are you even going to try? And, and he's like, haha, your force won't work on me. I'm like, and all like, right, oh, well, I'll cut you then. in half, I guess. Yeah, all right, well, let's see what you do when you're two parts of a guy. <laughs> ah! Oh, the delicious pain! No, oh, I love it! <laughs> and now, for one of my gross things to get on the bottom half of me and be my new legs. <laughs> I hope so. I hope he pulls a Darth Maul. All right, well, there you have it. Thank you so much for listening to chapters 14, 13 and 14 of this book. We'll see you in a week with yet more. But if you can't wait a whole week for more content. A whole goddamn week. Well, worry you not, my friend, because we have bonus content you can get as well by going to patreon.com slash systemmastery and supporting us at the $2 level. That's right. We deep dive into Wikipedia with all of the lovely, weird wacky wild stuff yeah that you can find there on the star wars expanded universe nonsense yep last week we did some great stuff about irek is maren otherwise known as too many lightsabers guy oh yeah. and also covered the fact that coca-cola is star wars canon mm -hmm. uh, as is santa claus and mickey mouse all canon all canon things in the star wars universe uh so we're gonna go back for more and if you want to be a part of that just support us at the two dollar level it's cheap come on you get like four episodes a month out of that yep plus like two more system mastery bonus content episodes it's a good deal and you get to feel better about yourself knowing that you're supporting local artists local to, to san diego local to earth local to earth yeah local time to us uh <laughs> you're out there helping the struggling independent business people hmm? we're no walmart we're no amazon we're no adventure zone <laughs> no it's true we are no slightly large or way larger than us podcast yeah we're no critical role i guess we're no chapo trap house thank or god come town <laughs> double thank god i mean we could be we could be like uh this republican i don't care for him and this liberal he's not liberal enough yay come <laughs> I'm just imagining the YouTube poop again. <laughs> come! Come! Give myself a promotion! <laughs> okay, well, anyway, thank you so much for your support, but definitely get on board that $2 level. My daughter needs shoes. Thank you. We'll see you in a week with yet more, 
And until that time, I've been Elan Sleaze Bagiano. And I've smoked a dozen and two death sticks. <laughs> <laughs>